I want to talk about something else this morning in devoted finances. It's God first. Now, if I were to ask you a question, uh, uh, should God be first in our life? How many would agree with that, right? And, uh, and, and I think we would all say God is first. But what if I were to tell you that a lot of times we say we believe things we don't really believe? Would you agree? That there are things, like, I go to the gym. Really? When was the last time you went to the gym? About a month ago. So what causes you to think that you go to the gym? Because I went once in my life. So I, I you know, it, it's like the person who's on their deathbed dying, and they look up at their wife of, of 50 years, and they're dying, and they said, honey, faithful to you 90% of the time. That's pretty good, Right? <laughs> How many, it, would you, Lord, I've been faithful to you 90% of the time, 50% of the time. No, faithfulness is saying I have been faithful to you, period, right? How many would say that? So we want to be faithful to the truth. And I know there, there are some in this room, I just felt in, in, this, in this campus right here, this, in this room right now, there, there's someone listening and the reason you have such a hard time with this is because you grew up with people who taught you all the church, they taught you not to do it. They just said, you shouldn't do it. All they want is your money. Like there is this resistance in you to ever give anything to the church because it was what you were raised in, okay? And the Holy Spirit says that has been a lie that has been robbing from you for year and year and years and years. And God just wants you to look through a different lens, he wants you to see it differently and to experience what God's going to do in your life. Now, I, I like to start this message off with a, uh, a funny video that I like. Uh, I like, how many like the old comedians, if you're older in here, you say, man, the younger people, you may never have heard this, but go ahead and watch it. This is the newer version of an old skit, actually. You don't have it? Oh, come on now. That's a big part of it. The, uh, look, look, look for that because it, it helps a little bit soften with a little bit of laughter. <laughs> I was on vacation, so they better, they better have it. They don't have it. I'm looking over there. My son-in-law is up in that cage. I'm going to hear about it. <laughs> uh, so here's the question. Who is in first in your life? Who is on first in your life? How many remember the old Abbott and Casello video of who's on first? I don't know who's on first. I'm asking you who's on first. That's right. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know what's on second, right? And, and if you want to see the video, you can watch the Jimmy Fallon one, and they, he does it. Great remake of it, so you can watch that. The reality is who is on first in your life? Who's on first in your life? Uh, if God is first in your life, everything else will come into order. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything is order. God is the big rock in the jar. If you're sticking everything else in the jar and then try to fit God in, you're like, God doesn't fit, so I can't afford to do it. The only reason we would say I can't afford to tithe is because we put him in last, like God, we all agree God should be first in our life, but we often put him last in our life. The doctor tells us that we have a, some type of disease or sickness, 
And God is often the last person we go to when we find out there's no medical way to fix our problem. Then we go to God and ask him to fix the problem rather than go to him first. When there's a problem in our relationship, we'll go run to counselors to try to get them to fix our problem rather than to go to God first. When God is not first, everything in your life is going to be out of order. It just is going to be out of order. And the sad part of it is most of us have never been taught to put God first in the first place. Like we don't know how to make God first in our life. And really that's what this year is all about. How do I devote my life to a God and make him first in my life? And we start even in our finances. We start by going to God and saying, God, I want to make you first. God must be first in your life or nothing is going to be in order. And everybody would say God's first in your life. We would all say that. But if things are like flying out of control and there's chaos, he's not first in your life because he's not the author of confusion he is the author of order. He brings things into order. Everything operates in it. So do you agree that God deserves the best? Amen. Do you agree with that? Do you agree that God gave his best in his son Jesus Christ to you? Amen. Do you agree that God through covenant gave his first son? Do you agree God wants us to give our first to him? Okay, so last week we talked about tithing. This week I'm going to talk about the first fruit. And it's, it's the next step. It's one when we start to take the step to tithe. This week it's about it's the first. It's the first. Whether it's acceptable or not, it's the first. I'm going to start in Exodus. Look at this in Exodus. It said, the Lord said to Moses, consecrate to me every firstborn male. The first offspring of every womb... The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether man or animal. All of it, the first, the firstborn, the first fruit belongs to God. Does that make sense? He says, it's mine. God says, it's mine. It's not something. So here's the thing. I'm not giving my tithe. I'll talk about you can't give something you don't own. Okay, you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb, all the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Now, look what it says, redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck, redeem every firstborn among your sons. That's an interesting correlation. It went from talking about donkeys to your sons. Some of you said, I can see the correlation right? It says, if you don't give it back to God, you're going to lose it anyway. He said, so you're going to have to sacrifice the lamb in order to keep the donkey. And if you don't sacrifice the lamb, you won't keep the donkey. You're supposed to kill that donkey. So first, the, here's the first point. Firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. This is a principle laid out in the Old Testament that sets the groundwork for the New Testament. And I'll explain it in a moment, but just follow along with me. The clean animal, if you have a clean animal and, they had a, and that clean animal had a firstborn, you had to sacrifice the firstborn of that clean animal. And it would redeem every other one that comes after that. I always wondered, I was the firstborn. How many firstborn in here? Thank God we didn't get sacrificed. <laughs> To redeem our siblings, they didn't deserve it. 
No, they did. They're good. Just glad I didn't get killed. Uh, here, if it is an unclean animal, you must redeem it with the sacrifice of a what? Clean animal. So if you're a donkey, you need to be set. You, the way you keep your life is if a sheep gives, a lamb gives his life for me to keep my life. So, so the clean animal, the clean lamb of God was sacrificed for the unclean human donkeys, you and me, yeehaw, say it with me, come on, yeehaw, right, that were redeemed by his sacrifices. Any donkeys in here? Any redeemed donkeys in here, right? So literally what happened was Jesus was spiritually clean. The first question, were you or and I born spiritually clean or unclean? Unclean. All of us were born unclean. We were born sinful. Here's a, was Jesus born unclean or clean? Clean. So the clean, the clean Jesus had to be sacrificed so that the unclean us could be clean. It's the principle of this whole thing we say is grace. The, the whole thing, the first fruit, Jesus, the first and only son of God was the tithe of God. Jesus was God's tithe to you so that you could be redeemed. Now, here's the thing. He gave his son without one with what? Because the only thing God does not have, it's like God gave you a heart and the only thing he does not possess or control is your heart you're the only one who can determine who you're going to give your heart to who are you giving your heart to where your treasure is your heart follows what's your treasure your time your finances, your energy, your talents, faith, what God did was he gave his son not knowing whether or not you would return your heart. He didn't know if you would give back your heart, but he gave you his son. It is not, it really is about faith. This, this whole thing, if faith to give the first, it takes faith to give the first. Before you pay any of your bills, before you do any of that stuff, you say, okay, God, I'm trusting that you're going to take care of me. The first thing I'm going to give is my, uh, first thing I'm going to take out is the tithe, and I'm going to bring the tithe to you, and, and then I'm going to do the rest. You're going to be the first in my life. Now, some of you are sitting there going, are you kidding me? You're telling me that I need to do, you have no idea what I got, trust me. No, don't trust me. Trust the word of God. Trust the word of God. I'll explain, just follow along and, and I'll explain this. God gave Jesus first. Now, when the Israelites came up out of Egypt, they crossed the Red Sea, and they, they wander in the wilderness for a while. And then after wandering in the wilderness, they come to Jericho. And Joshua is now running the, running the, the, the country, the nation of Israel. And they come into Jericho, and God says, listen, you're going to conquer all of these cities, but I'm going to conquer Jericho, like, for you. I'm going to be the one that conquers Jericho for you. And when you go in to take it over... Everything in Jericho belongs to me. Everything. 
You're not to keep any of it for yourselves. Everything is supposed to be destroyed and literally just leveled, and no one should ever build on that site again, ever. So they, they go and they do that, and they destroy it all. Now you're saying, why, why was it that they weren't to conquer? Like if they're going to go in and conquer, why couldn't they keep Jericho? Because it belonged to God. It was his. Why? Because it was the first city. Now, I know in the world we're living in, when you hear about conquering cities, especially in this time when we're hearing about Ukraine and all of the stuff going, this is a hard thing to fully comprehend in our worldview. That they're going into this nation and they're destroying cities and they're, I get that. But, but understand the principle of this. The first city they conquered belonged to God. They weren't to touch it. And then every other city was God's blessing to them because they were faithful. And, and because there was an Achan, which we're going to talk about here in a moment, in the land, they were not able to conquer anything else. They had first honored the first principle to leave Jericho where Jericho was. So God, get the first portion is the redemptive portion. The first portion is the redemptive portion. Now, it's about a year and a half ago, maybe, that um, I gave one of the most uh, important things I would ever give away. You know, as a father, the most important thing you ever give away is your daughter. Right here on this platform, I gave uh, my daughter to the guy operating this, the, the thing back there. <laughs> and... Uh, and it was the most, the, the most valuable thing I would ever give is my three daughters, right? And, um, and he stood there, as he stood there with the cheese head on his head, um, and I gave, there were things that happened way before I gave her to him, way before I gave my blessing. There were conversations that I've had with guys who have liked my daughters, and, 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 and there was one in particular uh, did, didn't think I had the right to ask those questions. He's no longer with us. Because <laughs> quite frankly, we just have that right, don't we, dads? Right? And, and I ask questions. There are questions I have. I asked of Edwin, one, one of those questions is, do you tithe? Do you tithe? And you say, well, why would you ask that question? Well, here's why. Uh, Edwin's not going to put it up there. <laughs> and he tithes. I know he tithes. Why would I give my daughter to a thief? Why would I give my daughter to a thief? Why would I give my daughter to someone who would take what is not his and keep it for himself? Why would I take someone who's operating his life and his finances outside the order of God? Young ladies, if you're a young lady in here, you should not even entertain another man that does not tithe because you're going to have financial problems. Why would I entrust my daughter to someone who will not exercise their finances within the structure and order of a blessed life? Because I want my daughters to be blessed. There's one of my daughters is dating someone, and we just had this conversation. Just, just a few weeks ago, had the conversation about why tithing is important. The other one is, I want my son-in-laws to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. You say, well, isn't it good enough they just be Christians? Quite frankly, no. 
Uh, that didn't get the response I thought it would in a Pentecostal church. <laughs> uh, look at Proverbs 3.9. That's another message. I'll come back to that message on that. <laughs> Here's, here, honor the Lord your... And can I tell you, this, I didn't even bring this up, but to the young ladies in this room that you think you need to settle for somebody just because they're in a, there is somebody out there who is righteous who is a man of God. Do not settle for someone just because they're good looking. Well, they're a good man. That doesn't make them the right one. Come on, mom and dad. Doesn't make them the right one. Who cares if there's lots of good people in the world. Doesn't make them your spouse. There are things that later in life you're going to look for in that person. You better see some of it today. That'll be in our family series we'll talk about here shortly. <laughs> you think I'm the only one. They get, they, my girl's got a mama who believes a lot like that as well, and she wants to preach on it, actually. She keeps hounding me. Proverbs 3, here's, let's get back to this one. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the what? What does it say? First fruits of your increase. That's anything. The first fruit of anything you have. If you're paid in animals, it's the first of your animals. If you're paid in, but most of us are paid in money, that's why we give tithe of the money because that's how we're, and that day it was animals, it was, it was fruit of the land, it was gold, it was whatever it was. So your barns will be what? We all want our barns to be filled with plenty and, your, and our vats overflowing, but we, we don't want to honor the first fruit it, there is a principle that's there. Look at Exodus 23, 19. It says this, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Notice it says bring and not give because you can't bring something that you don't own. Two choice, you bring it in or you steal it. You either bring or you steal. So Jed, Jed's sitting down here. Hi, Jed. We, we were going to Phoenix, and so, uh, uh, but we needed someone to take us there. So we asked Jed to take us there, and, and, and Jed has a vehicle that his, his truck is just really having a hard time. He, he doesn't know what's going to happen with the truck. So he's just been broken down. And uh, so he's like, you got that. Can I, can, I, I can take you, but I got to take you. And I said, well, you just take our, our truck, and we drive. So Jed took Heather and I to the airport, dropped us off, and said, Jed, you know, we were talking um, your truck's really struggling and you need something. Well, we're gone. We're not using this. You can just use our truck and then, and then, and then come pick us up when we come back. And she says, oh, okay, that's great. So we went on vacation, had a great time, come back. We fly in. Last night we get, we get here and Jed comes and picks us up and he says, hi, it's so good to have you back. Throws our bags in the truck. We get in. He says, you know, uh, Sarah and I have been talking and we both agree that we want to give you this truck. I'm like, really, Jed? You want, me, you want to give me something I already own? Or at least half of. <laughs> right? How many know how foolish that sounds? But that's what we do with our tithe all the time when we think, you're not giving to God when you tithe. You're being obedient to God when you tithe. It's His. 
It never was yours. You can't give something you don't own. You're not a giver until you give beyond your tithe. That makes you a giver. That's where God's taking us to a generous. You're like, well, how can I ever afford to do that? You can't afford not to. That's what we've been called to be is that way. The sin of Achan, what they go into Jericho, they destroy this, they do everything God tells them to do. Then Achan sees something and he wants it, something that is God's and he wants it and he takes it and keeps it for himself and his entire nation can't conquer, the walk into their promise because they're holding on to something that was God and not theirs. Because we think that if I hold this on, if I just keep this, I can get all those things I want. And in fact, when you hear me talking about giving the tithe, when you hear me talking about that, this is what, if I, if I give the tithe though, because in your mind you're hearing is, if you want me to give, but, but I'm saying, if you bring, right? So it's a, you, you first have to realign that. If I bring the tithe in, I won't be able to get this, which is what I really want. Essentially, you're, you're committing the same sin Achan committed. You're saying, if I take from God, then I'll be able to get what I want. Therefore, money is my provider and God is not my provider. You remember the story of Cain and Abel? It's an interesting story. It's hard to understand if you don't understand the principle of the first fruit. 2,500 years before the law, this story occurs, and it's in Genesis. It says, in, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering. Cain is a farmer, and Abel is a rancher. Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground of the Lord in the process of time. He brought a tithe. Cain brought a tithe to God. Abel also brought a, say it with me, firstborn of his flock and the fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect or receive Cain and his offering. Why? Why would not God not even receive Cain's offering, but he would receive Abel's? They both brought an offering, but he didn't receive the one and he received the others. It's because God receives only the first. God cannot accept second. It's the best. How many, you said in the beginning of this minute, God deserved the best. What's the best of everything you have? The first. He says, I'm the first. I, I was the first. I am the first. Seek first. Every, like, I'm first. You put me first, and I will order everything else in your life. Everything's ordered around, around that. It wasn't that God wouldn't accept it. It was that God couldn't accept it. Because it wasn't the first. Now, there are some things God cannot do. There are some things God cannot do. First one is God can't change. God can't change. He's immutable. If, you, if he could change, he wouldn't have been perfect. Like, God doesn't have a leadership strategy of which he, I'm growing in my leadership ability. And, and, and the Old Testament, the New, that was God growing in how he dealt with humans. You know, God has been perfect from the time we were created, before we were created, after we were created. How many know that's true, right? He cannot change. Here's a, God can't think the way we think. God is all-knowing. Do you know that he, uh, God doesn't have to figure anything out? 
Like when you think, you think to figure things. God, nothing ever occurs to God. Right? He, he knows. God has never said, do you know what I just thought of? God has never said that statement at all. God knows everything at the same time. You will never hear God say, oh, myself. <laughs> You'll never hear God say that. Because he knows all things. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. As, you, as, as the heavens are above the earth, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God doesn't think the way we think. God can't be second. He's preeminent. Are you getting this? If God is first, if he's preeminent, if he's the king of my life, he can't accept second because it's below him. He can only accept what is him first, the best. That's it. Otherwise, it's not acceptable offering. God couldn't accept Cain's offering because God is always first, and Cain did not bring the first. You know, I, you, you hear the, read the word, and by the way, those who don't like uh, it, uh, any messages on giving or finances, don't read the Bible, because it talks about it more than anything else in the Bible. Do you know, in the Bible, 3,700 times it's mentioned. The second most mentioned topic is love, mentioned 780 times. Uh, you know, you remember those printers that had the, like, the, the, the one, how many know what printer, if, if you're old enough, you know what I'm talking about, right? And they were all connected, and you had to rip them, they're perforated, and they had the circle things on the side, right? I printed out every verse on giving when we were in the middle school, in Richfield Middle School, we were, we were in there, and we stretched it from one end around the hallway all the way around and every verse that talked about giving. I think God was trying to make a point. <laughs> Do you know, if, if, if it wasn't money that would be the test of our heart, it would be something else, and we would hate any message on that. Because we really don't like what our heart, what's in our heart. We love to lie to ourselves, Don't we? Don't we? We love to tell us to ourselves things about, and it's the person that stops and says, you know what, God, I don't want to lie to my heart anymore. I don't want to lie anymore. This is really, tithing is really one of the greatest tests to see who's first in your life, and the tithe must be first. Leviticus 27.30 says this, and all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It's, it is holy, which means set apart. To the Lord. It means you set it apart. You take it out and you set it apart. And everything else is what we operate on. We don't, we don't sit and use what God, what's God's for our needs. God does not, and this is where God does not accept leftovers. God is God doesn't want your leftover pizza. He says, you know what you do is you bring the tithe, you bring me the blind and the lame animals, and I don't accept them. You bring me the stuff you don't want, and you say, here you go, God. What, what an image of God we possess often. Now, I don't want to get, because the danger with this is that we get legalistic. And... And you say, oh, no, you know, I better do this. And, in, and, and then you go to write a, to pay all your bills and you go to write a check to the tithe or to do it online or however you do it. And you come back and your wife just bought groceries. And you're like, oh, no, our money's cursed. Why did you buy groceries before I paid the tithe? 
right? The, 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 some of you are still trying to figure out what a check is. <laughs> What's a check? Can you tell me what a check is? You, you actually could pay with paper, and then it just had your name on it, the amount, and who you wrote it to. And, but it, it's not... The, the, the reality is, is when you sit down to pay, your, your, you, you get your money comes in, the increase comes in, you say, you know what, God, thank you that I recognize that this came from you. And how I'm going to thank you is pull it out. Out of my appreciation, I'm pulling it out, and I'm bringing what's yours. Thank you for, for this. You know, it's, there's a, uh, in a modern way, there's a description of this, you know, I owned a farm, and, and there's some people in here, you own a farm, and your son goes to college, and he gets a business degree, and he comes back, and he kind of shadows, shadows me, and, and he watches me as I'm farming, and he notices some things. He's taking notes, and he's gotten, he learned quite a bit in college, and so he's coming back. He's like, Dad, can we sit down and talk and, and go over uh, some things, I think, that can help productivity on the farm? And I said, sure. So we sit down. And he says, like, Dad, um, there's some things that are pretty glaring uh, things we could do to help increase profits on the farm. And, and, and it just, it just a couple, like, um, you know, every time one of our animals has their first uh, lamb, you kill it, Dad. I don't know why you do it, but you kill it, and then you burn it. And, and I, I don't really know why you're doing that. And then when the, when the harvest comes in, there's 100 trucks a year that come in. And I noticed, Dad, that you divert 10 of the trucks somewhere. I don't know where they go, but they're not coming back to the farm. 10 of those 100 trucks are no longer coming back to the farm. And, and Dad, I, I don't know what you're doing, but it's really hurting a little bit of our productivity and money. And, you know, there's a new boat I'd like to get. And, and you're kind of giving our boat away. And... And at some point, I'm going to sit down with the son and say, you know what, son, there was a day when we didn't own a farm. In fact, we didn't know what we were going to do. And I asked the Lord to bless us, and the Lord gave us this farm. And every day, when God, every day God blesses us, I remind God that it was you who blessed me by bringing to him what's his. And I, and I say, thank you, God. You know, there's... The tithe is way more than your finances. It's an act of gratitude from the heart. It's saying, God, I, I don't know where I would be if it weren't from you. But when, when we start to think, I'm going to keep it to myself, it's a hard attitude of, I can do this without you. And I don't, isn't it amazing how we're quick to complain but slow to be thankful? And it really is saying, you know what, God? <laughs> I am so grateful that you bless me. Here you go. This is yours. I'm bringing this to you. And yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to become a generous giver. I'm going to bless. Not, not so that I can get more. I'm not going to feed greed, but so that I can bless people. And it's those people that God ends up blessing extraordinarily because he trusts them to give it to who and to what he wants it to be given to and to what. You know, some of us are trying to live for heaven here on earth. We're trying to create all our memories here on earth only to discover that we die. Have you considered that? I want to get all the stuff only to discover that it really didn't make me happy. 
it actually just cost me more money? Like, how much more money do I have to make to have enough? How much more do I need to get to feel fulfilled? Only to die and go into heaven and realize that everything I was searching for in heaven I, or, or on earth, everything I was searching for on earth, I find in heaven. Like, like this is such a short little piece of tape and the rope. We're living this for there, for that place, for eternity. It's just a little place. But we're trying to create heaven here. We're trying to buy heaven here. Exodus says it this way. Exodus 13, 14 says this. And it came to pass. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is this? that you shall say to him, by the strength of the hand of the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, and it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all males that, that open the womb, but all the firstborn sons of my sons I redeem. That literally all the sons of Israel were redeemed by the sacrifice of the firstborn. That we were dream. How many are grateful God tithed his son for your redemption, right? So I don't have to live, I don't have to live bound. Will you stand? Will you stand? I don't live with guilt. I don't live with shame. I don't live bound. Now, I, I get it. 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 Why should I listen to you, Pastor James? I can watch all kinds of videos on YouTube and they'll tell me why I don't need to. Don't listen to any of us. Listen to the Word of God. Listen to the Word of God. I I literally just want you to experience the blessing on your finances. You say, well, Pastor, the only reason you're talking about this is because you don't have enough money to pay. We're paying our bills. I'm not preaching. We always, this is what we, we're always, literally, we're always thinking that somebody's up there just trying to get my money and I better hold it. Guess what? Your kids are going to get it. Because one day you're going to die. Praise the Lord. Right? The question is, is are we being obedient? We say we love God and I just love him, but I'm not going to listen to him. I'm not going to do what is worth. Where's our heart? Where's my heart? So this is what I want you to do, because if you've been watching the, the, the podcast at all, you understand this. There's something about laying your hands on people. And there's altar workers that are coming right now and they're going to stand up here. And they're going to lay hands on you because the Bible says that, they, that you lay hands on the sick and they will, we, we, we don't do that anymore. Why? Because we got better ways. We don't need to do it the biblical way. We're going to do it the better ways we've come up with. Isn't it true how we've done that? I don't want to anoint with oil even though the Bible tells us to anoint with oil. Why? Because I don't want to walk around with oil on my forehead. I might get a zit or something there. 
It, so we make excuses for why we're not obedient to God's word. We need to stop making excuses and just obey. There's no other way, right? There's no other way to be obedient. So will you do this? Take your hand, lay it on your heart. It's on your left side. Most people's hearts are on their left side, just so you know. Some are thinking. Just say this with me, Father. I need you to speak to my heart. You know, there's something in me that resists this message. But I need to hear your mouth. Speak your word into my heart. Will you do that, Lord? Speak truth. Now, close your eyes and listen. Just for a moment, listen to what he tells you. <laughs> 